Section 11 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Friday 4. A change for colder weather. We had to ride ten miles to Gray's Creek. It was my day to preach on Saturday, and, unwell as I was, I stood up and spoke on 1 Peter 3.15 to a large congregation of Methodists, Baptists, and people of the world. It was a very cold day. I visited John Newberry, an afflicted man, and his wife, a godly woman. Sunday 6. We rode twelve miles to Fayetteville. It was not known whether we were to preach at our own meeting house or in the state house, so we ventured into a Presbyterian meeting house. It was only free for me, as I had been told by Mr. Flynn, the minister, who had received his authority from the magisterial eldership. But it was not my day, so James Jenkins and Nicholas Snethen went into the pulpit, and the latter spoke on Second Corinthians 7.10. I came off without saying anything. Well for me, for I had nearly lost my breath in walking to the house. We were kindly and comfortably entertained at Mr. Lumsden's. The rain came on, but we rode on seven miles, and were compelled to ferry ourselves over Cape Fear River, after being detained nearly half an hour in the rain. Monday 7. We had about twenty-two miles to make to reach Purdy's Chapel. I preached upon Titus 2, 11, 12. We lodged at Samuel Richardson's. I have had a day and night of temptations. Tuesday 8. We came down the north side of the river to Elizabethtown. Anne Snethen preached in the courthouse. I was silent. After meeting, we rode on fifteen miles to the widow Clarita's. Leaving the Brown, next day we came to the White Marsh. I preached at Clark's on 1 Peter 5.10, and afterward rode to the Lake of Waccamaw and lodged at William Wilkinson's. I sometimes smile at the simplicity of our friends. They would love us to death, in company and in labors, too. They cannot do too much, it would seem, to express their kindness. And in return, we are to be such immortal men as never to be weary, and never to complain. I feel for this circuit, having ridden through it. They have need of three preachers, at least. At the Lake Chapel, Anne Snethen preached. We concluded with prayer. On Friday we had a long ride to Livingston Creek, crossing several swamps whose waters supply the lake. My subject at Union Chapel was 1 Peter 5, 8. The day was cold, but we had a full house and a feeling season. We lodged at Mr. Browning's. Next day we rode twelve miles to the ferry, crossing in a storm and landing where we could on the deep bank, out of which my mare struggled with difficulty. At the town, Wilmington, another ferry, and another storm in crossing made our journey for the day unpleasant enough. We arrived, however, at our own house in proper time. We found the church sealed and the dwelling improved. I met the people of color, leaders, and stewards. We have 878 Africans and a few whites in fellowship. Ensnethan preached on Saturday night. 
I spoke on Sunday morning upon 1 Peter 5, 7. And Snethan held forth at eleven o'clock. I preached again at half-past three o'clock on 2 Corinthians 13, 9. And N. Snethan gave another discourse at night. Thus ended the public labors of this day. The Africans hire their time of their masters, labor and grow wealthy. They have built houses on the church lots. I hope to be able to establish a school for their children. Monday 14. Was so cold we could hardly stand it. At Walter Nichols I preached a little upon Luke 8, 21. We then rode on to the Widow Campbell's, where we held an evening meeting. Next day we must needs ride home with the Widow Spicer, living upon the stump sound. Through hail and wind we went, and little Jane had a shoe on which clogged and made some difficulty. We have been highly favored hitherto in attending our appointments, and having congregations. Wednesday 16. Hard necessity compelled us to rest with the widow and the fatherless. We had a mere storm of wind, and hail, and snow. Thursday 17. We took a southwest course, through ice and snow and frost, and the wind in our faces, and arrived at Lot Ballard's half-past three o'clock. Our appointment at the chapel was for twelve o'clock. I conclude I shall have no more appointments between Wilmington and Newburn. There is a description of people we must not preach to. The people of Onslow seem to resemble the ancient Jews. They please not God, and are contrary to all men. Friday 18. Finding it was but forty-two miles to Newburn, we concluded to push for it. I rose early, ordained J. Wilden to the office of deacon, and started. I had had thoughts of calling at a certain house, but being fearful we had not the time to spare, we stopped and fed on the ground. Soon after we met the master of the house, and dropped a hint of our intention of being his guests, had time permitted. He did not say, Will you? or Do call at my house. Farewell, farewell. O oh, unhappy people of Jones, and Trent, and Onslow! With a little cake and cheese, and some corn for our horses, we came in fine spirits to Newburn, about six o'clock. On Saturday I rested, and Nicholas Snethen preached upon, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Sabbath Day 20 I preached at seven o'clock upon Second Peter three fourteen, and Snethan spoke at eleven o'clock. I held forth at three o'clock on Second Corinthians six two. We were exceedingly crowded. I am grieved for this society. There are more heads than agree well together. Want of harmony and want of discipline are too evident. I felt as if I wanted to see them no more until affairs wore a more pleasing aspect. We set out on Monday under some apprehensions that the late rains had swelled the rivers, but we found no difficulties, either at Noose or Tar Rivers. Ensnethan preached at Washington, Beaufort County, on 1 Thessalonians 5, 1920. The chapel was crowded. 
On Tuesday at eleven o'clock, I spoke on Luke 8, 11 through 15. The want of sleep and other things made me unwell and unpleasant in my feelings. Ensnethan spoke at four o'clock in the evening, on Luke 13, 5. Wednesday, 23. We rode twenty-two miles to Williamston, Martin County. I had not been at this place since January 1792. I find here now about twenty families, and about forty buildings. My subject at the courthouse was Titus. Although greatly outdone by fatigue and heat, I had some openings of mind. I was somewhat surprised to see so many called together by a twenty-four hours' notice. And I admired the patience of the people, many of whom were obliged to stand in the lobby of the courthouse, a house and a half. We want a house of our own. John Watts, a local preacher, still keeps his ground as a minister and a Christian, although the Baptists are very numerous here. On Wednesday we rode through a very warm, weather-breeding day, twenty-two miles, to Tarboro, and came in about half-past two o'clock. Many came to the new church, and were attentive to hear, whilst Ensnethan preached upon Second Corinthians 5, 18-20. I had strength to sit still today. We dined at Mr. Riley's, and were kindly invited to lodge at the Widow Tools, the first which was open to me in Tarboro. There are in this place about thirty-three families. The people have more trade than religion, more wealth than grace. We have about thirty Africans in fellowship, but no whites. I may notice the bridge. It is 540 feet long, and about 30 feet above the water. Friday 25. It rained and hailed, and through the night snowed heavily, and continued to fall on us after we set out until we came to Prospect Hill. We fed and went on to Henry Bradford's, 25 miles. The snow in places was from 8 to 12 inches deep, and as my horse was newly shod, he clogged, and kept me in continual fear. On Saturday I preached at our hosts, from Second Peter 1, 4. Sabbath Day, 27. We came to Halifax. The rich had the gospel preached to them, by Ensnethan, from Second Corinthians 15-17. through 17. I had to speak a little, and then baptize the children. The respectable sisterhood were very attentive. In short, a more decent, well-bred congregation need not be. We dined at D. Fisher's, who treated us in a most serious and friendly manner. By guess, I should say there were forty families in Halifax. We were impressed, as if by magic, that the river would rise rapidly. So we crossed at four o'clock, and rode twenty miles, to Seth Peoples, whom we called from his downy bed to take in poor, benighted travelers. Saturday, March 5. Ended our most amicable conference, which began on Tuesday. We had preaching each day by M. Kane, Hull, Lee, Snethan, and myself on the last day. We ordained the traveling and local deacons upon Friday, and the elders upon Saturday. 
Sabbath 6. M. Snethen preached upon 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18, and I followed with an exhortation, and Brother Watcoat after me. Our stand was in the woods. Our congregation consisted of about 2,000 souls. I was exceedingly pleased with our conference love feast, with its order, solemnity, and life. The testimonies born appeared to be all given under the immediate impulse of the Spirit of God, both in ministers and members. Bishop Watcote being ill, the burden of the conference labors fell upon me. Monday 7 At Concord Meeting House I spoke on 2 Corinthians 7, 1. We lodged at Sterling Boykins. I find the way of holiness very narrow to walk in or to preach. And although I do not consider sanctification, Christian perfection, commonplace subjects, yet I make them the burden and labor to make them the savor of every sermon. I feel, I fear for my dear lowland brethren. So much of this world's wealth, so much fullness of bread and idleness and strong drink. Lord, help. Tuesday 8. We rode in the evening to Edward Sorry's. The excessive rains in the morning prevented our attending our appointments, to the sad disappointment of our friends in Murfreesboro. Brethren, we have not, for we have no society there. Next day we had a race of a ride to Winton, twenty-five miles. Brother Snethen preached in the courthouse at twelve o'clock. We dined at Mr. Bell's and were generously entertained. Gates Courthouse, twenty miles farther, brought us up for the night. Thursday 10. At the courthouse, Ensnethan insisted upon the one thing needful. I ordained B. Harrell to the deacon's office. He is a man of good repute, without slaves. Virginia. As we had two appointments for Friday, I preached at Deacon Haslett's to many people on 1 Peter 5.10. We had a consoling, gracious season. Brother Snethan preached at Suffolk. I was surprised to hear that some who had separated from us should have reported that the new meeting-houses would belong to the bishops, and that they might sell them. These reports were offered by some, not of the connection, as reasons which prevented their subscribing and our brethren have therefore determined to build without the aid of others. What our enemies accuse us of intending to do, they have already done in some cases, and attempted in others. Isle of Wight, Moorings Chapel, Wells's Chapel, and Major Ben, in building this house within a small distance of the Methodist house, furnish sufficient proofs of their principles and their spirit. Saturday 12. I preached at M. Keys upon Ephesians 5, 26 We rode to Portsmouth, and I crossed over to Norfolk, where I had an interview with the official members, and ordained George Lee Green to the office of deacon. Sabbath 13 I preached in the new house, the best in Virginia belonging to our society. The pulpit is high with a witness like that awkward thing in Baltimore, calculated for the gallery, and too high for that. 
My subject was Titus 2, 13, 14. At Portsmouth in the afternoon, I spoke on 2 Corinthians 6, 2. And Snethan preached at Denby's. We had a good passage over the river at Sleepy Hole Ferry, and came to Benjamin Powell's. The parents had gone to rest, but some of the children were yet up and took us in. I felt solemn whilst I looked upon this young race, who make the third generation whom I have served. I ordained their father to the office of deacon, and have preached to their grandfathers, Pinner and Powell, who, with the Collinses, were the three first families that opened their houses to the Methodist preachers in this part of the state. Tuesday 15 At Powell's Chapel, I preached on Romans 12, 2. In the afternoon, Anne Snethan held forth at Murphy's Chapel on 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I concluded the meeting by exhortation. There is a revival of religion in this settlement. Next day, Anne Snethan spoke on 1 Corinthians 3, 11-15. I feel myself failing and unwell. Thursday 17. We rode twenty-five miles to Ellis's chapel. There has been a great mortality in this neighborhood within the last twenty-six years. Only a few of my first female friends are now living. We lodged with the widow of Stephen Andrews. Friday 18. We rode to Petersburg, encountering a long, intricate, muddy path. And no food had we, for man or beast until we came to our friend Joseph Harding's. By airing in our route, we made our day's ride thirty-five miles. If my information be correct, the conference congregation meeting continued in the woods until nine or ten o'clock on Sunday evening. It held each day from Saturday until Monday, and it is believed as many as thirty-five souls professed to find mercy and faith in Christ. By letter from John Pitts in Fredericksburg, I learned that since he was stationed there, in October last, 35 have joined the society, which now consists of 73 members. Glory, glory be to God. On Saturday, N. Snethan preached in Petersburg, on 1 John 2, 15-17. On the Sabbath, my subject was 2 Corinthians 13, 2. We feel the effects of intense labor in the lowlands. Our habits were very feverish, and I suffer from a deep cold and oppression on my breast. We contemplate placing a proper station preacher in Petersburg, and the building a new brick church, sixty or seventy by forty feet, and two stories high. But this, like many other of our great and good designs, may fall through. And Snethan preached at four o'clock, on Second Peter 3, 8-10. Monday 21. We traveled very unwell to Mr. Walthall's, near Chesterfield Courthouse. We rested in part, and then divided our ride to Richmond into a journey of two days. We arrived on Tuesday, and I preached at twelve o'clock to many serious people, on Titus 2, 10-13. And Snethan preached at seven o'clock. Next day we came along to Carolyn, thirty-five miles. In the morning it rained, and the day was wintry and dreary. 
we saw the wagons sinking and set fast, for in many places the route was dreadful. We worried through, feeding our horses once, and ourselves not at all. Next day I preached once more at Dickinson's Chapel. My subject was Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. I feel my infirmities, and the labor of my journeys. But my soul is cast upon the Lord in unceasing prayer, that God may guide the church, and give the spirit of wisdom, and love, and zeal to our conferences. We only, as we think, want more useful laborers in the vineyard, and thousands will be brought home to God in the cities, circuits, and towns this year. I lodged at the Widow Collins's. Friday 25. We rode to Fredericksburg and dined, and then pushed on to Stafford Courthouse, making forty miles this day. Next day we gained Alexandria, eating nothing between seven o'clock in the morning and seven at night. Sabbath 27. I preached upon John 1, 6, 7. John Chalmers spoke in the afternoon, and N. Snethen at night. Sermon, love feast, and sacrament held us five hours. God is gracious, the people are lively, and several were admitted into fellowship. On Monday it blew clear and strong, and cold enough. I hardly stemmed the blast, chilly and trembling as I was. I preached at Georgetown on Hebrews 4, 15, 16. It was a quickening time. Brothers Chalmers and Snethen exhorted. Maryland, Tuesday, 29. We reached Baltimore, 45 miles, stopping an hour on our way at the Widow Turner's. We have traveled about 300 miles towards 8,000 miles. April 12. The last Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in March were occupied in reading and answering letters, and in making preparations for the conference. Its sitting commenced on Friday, the first instant, continuing and ending in great peace. There were sixty-four preachers appointed to their several stations, most of whom were present at the session. Except four hours a day for the transaction of our own business, our time was given to the duties of prayer and the pulpit. We were between the mount and the multitude, and the conference and the congregations large, lively, and serious, to whom we dispensed the word of life at eleven o'clock, at three o'clock, and at night. And we hope and trust much good was done in the name of the Lord Jesus. My subjects were, on the first Sabbath, Colossians 4, 2, 3. On the second, Titus 3, 9. At Fells Point, Luke 24, 46. The reasons why I did not speak oftener were, first, because there were many zealous, acceptable preachers present. Secondly, because I wished to be a man of one business, and to have my mind free. And thirdly, because I had neither bodily nor mental strength to preside in the conference, and to take so great a part in my particular duties as its head. To receive the continual applications of so many preachers, on so many subjects presented to me at this time, and to fill my place regularly in the pulpit. I paid no visits but to the sick. 
it is sufficiently proved that upon our present plan, unless the preachers exert themselves, every conference in the Union, except that of Baltimore, will be insolvent in its finances. In the late and last year's conferences, they have had a surplus here. They have supported wives, widows, and children, and in the present instance have supplied the contingencies of those preachers who have gone to distant parts. Besides giving $100 to the Philadelphia, and as much each to the conferences of New York and Boston. I can say, hitherto the Lord hath helped us through deeps, deserts, dangers, and distresses. I have told but a small part of our labors and sufferings. Let the great day of eternity reveal the rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost forever. Amen. Yesterday I preached at Gatch's Chapel, on 1 Peter 5.10. We then came on to Perry Hall. Today we have had a meeting here. Brother Watcoat preached upon Colossians 2.6. My mind is solemnly stayed upon God. On Wednesday we parted with the elders at Perry Hall. I had preached on 2 Corinthians 12.9.10. We rode on to Deer Creek and halted for the night with Harry Waters. My mind is in a great calm after the tumult of a Baltimore conference, and the continual concourse of visitors and people to which my duty subjected me. I have felt deeply engaged, and much self-possession. Indeed, age, grace, and the weight and responsibility of one of the greatest charges upon earth ought to make me serious. In addition to this charge of the superintendent, to preach, to feel, and to live perfect love. The promise of the year is great, in the fruits of the earth, and in the church of God. The trees are full of blossoms, and want but rains and sun. And so with us, we want spiritually gracious seasons. Lord, hear, and help, and enlarge, invigorate, sanctify, and bless thine inheritance. Thursday 14. We rode to Dublin upon Deer Creek, and next day I preached upon Hebrews 3, 12-14, in a neat chapel, and many attended. After sermon we dined with our brother Evett, with whom we had lodged, and then rode over the hills of Deer Creek, through a great storm, twelve miles, down to the widow Stumps, at Mount Friendship, J.W. Dallam and three ladies were in company, and I feared for them. Saturday 16 Through storms of snow we pushed on to the ferry, but the water was so low, and the winds so high, we could not cross. We therefore returned to the widow stumps and rested, and whilst it snowed without, we performed divine worship within doors in the family. On Monday we succeeded better at the ferry, and got over early enough to reach Back Creek, Cecil County, a distance of twenty-eight miles, by ten o'clock, having arrived in time to dismiss the congregation with prayer. We dined at John Carnan's, and after commending his afflicted wife in prayer to God, we rode home with Richard Bassett to Bohemia Ferry. Tuesday 19. I spoke at the Manor Chapel on 1 Corinthians 14, 15. We had preaching, singing, exhorting, shouting, 
leaping, and praising God. After meeting, we crossed Bohemia and Sassafras rivers, and housed with Robert Moody. My mind is kept in peace. I only seek to please God, and to serve my fellow men as faithfully and impartially as I can. I cannot accommodate myself to the caprices of every man. What a strange creature should I be, were I to suffer myself to exist in such a continual state of transformation as some people's whims might require. End of section 11. Recording by Brian Keenan.